Hello and welcome to episode six of Following the Leaders. Uh, my name is Steve and I'm here with Lou. Hi, Lou. Hiya, Steve. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. We've just had a very nice conversation with uh, Karen Chalk. Yeah, it's a wonderful way to start a Monday morning. Yeah, what a great, what a great person to chat to. Yeah, she was uh, really enthusiastic and uh, and energetic about her bursary experience, and t- and just her, her circus eruption just sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, we're all running off to join the circus now. <laughs> I think we might do. <laughs> I definitely want to run down and uh, spend some time at the circus in down in down in Swansea. Um, yeah, how's uh, how are things going with your when we last? spoke we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger i was on a cliffhanger yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i solved the cliffhanger um so i was torn between two events and the second event was um an ISPA event so this international society of performing arts have got a congress in manchester and i wanted to it would be great to attend because it's you know they don't often do they do them all around the world they do an annual one in new york and then there's another one that happens to be somewhere else so to have it in the uk is amazing but uh i <clears throat> decided against it because of the cost that even with the bursary and the support that that comes with you know it's it's 500 plus a day just to attend plus travel plus accommodation and it meant that i probably would have only been able to go for one day um, and this is a four-day event, so you know it, the cost wouldn't have, you know, it would have escalated if I'd just gone, even if I'd gone for more. And then I, and so then I had a bit of a uh, uh, moment, and um, and then a bit of a light bulb, which was quite nice. So um, I've talked about Edinburgh before and going up to see the Federation of Scottish Theatres, and uh, they are redoing their conference. Um, and we're relaunching I think this is their first they've done since the pandemic and actually I thought what better way than to attend their conference so I get an understanding of the organization but also I get to see how they run things for their members which is essentially what I want to learn for for us to how can we improve things um, and it, I think it's going to be quite a big affair they, they've advertised for a producer to run it you know it's going to be quite a quite a big event in the autumn so I've decided then rather than you know literally spend everything I've got left on going to Manchester for a day I can still do what I want to achieve with with Edinburgh and the connections I'm making with FST and also then attend their event to see how they do things for their members so it's it feels like that would be a great use of it really Oh, that feels really good, doesn't it? That's yeah, 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 amazing. So it's going to be the autumn in the autumn, to, yeah, do it, yeah, do it all together, do it all together, yeah, chat, dissect, <laughs> and then just kind of be a member, like be pretend I'm one of their members, or you know, what it's like to be a member because like we run an annual conference and I've got quite big ambitions for it, and um this year I was really pleased with how it went but it's so difficult when you're running your own event to step out of it and um be present in the moment mm. um and I mean we've reflected and we've evaluated afterwards and we kind of know what we want to do from it in the future but um this will be a great way of kind of uh, you know I, I haven't got to do anything other than attend and listen um so it'll be a great way of kind of going case okay, so of how and it's not to necessarily copy it's just to kind of see because they're also you know they've got their own challenges and um scotland is a very different model to to wales in terms of um 
geography and their members and FST have a lot more freelancers than we have as members which is you know we might grow ours in the future but it's you know so so it's gonna it's gonna be different and we're not going to do everything that they do because they've got different resources but it'll be great to just to see how they've done things and I'm especially interested in the fact that they've gone okay we're not going to organize it internally although they obviously will be overseeing it they've got they've they've put a tender out for somebody to run it for them and again is that something we do in the future does you know do we hand it over to the sector to you know it's it's a bit like talking about what we were talking about with Karen in terms of the co-production mm. um I mean we always say we're member-led and so the content of the conferences are always driven by what we're talking about with members throughout the year but actually saying okay you organize it you tell us what the subjects are you tell us who the speakers are we will just you know coordinate it so there's it feels like there's more possibility there so that's what I've decided to do and I've also done a bit of reflecting because I think I was beating myself that I hadn't kind of because it hadn't been the one big thing actually what I've done is a few things that have just chipped away so I've done the fundraising courses I've done a few other little events that I've gone to that I wouldn't have done otherwise if it wasn't for the bursary so um I've decided to stop beating myself up (laughs) because I have done stuff (laughs) and it has influenced what we're doing so um yeah sometimes you just need to take a moment and reflect and that's why I'm loving the podcasts because it's given me that time to go actually we've done this and I'm reflecting on this and it has resulted in this yeah it feels like you're really making the most of the opportunity that the bursary allows for that but what you you were just saying about the the experience that you're going to have for from going to edinburgh and um what that's going to how that's going to link to you can just really see how that's going to work and having some time to sort of be in a different space but with thinking with that subject you know front and center and then bringing that back to your own work it feels it feels absolutely spot on it's yeah. great that that's uh, yeah. it's coming together that way um great oh well uh that well that means we have to keep doing our podcast all keep the way doing it. <laughs> which is great <laughs> uh, and what about you what's happened since the last time we chatted um well uh tape turned 15 on saturday which very good um happy birthday thank you very much <laughs> um first we uh follow-up wise um i've had um a uh, i guess you would call it sort of a production meeting uh a development meeting with um a producer from los angeles who i met at the film festival who is shooting a uh, developing a film that's going to shoot in the uk and wants to partner with us on some aspects of that um, wow so amazing. I, met, I met with him again and had a really lovely conversation and i met the the writer director of the film um and it's a wonderful piece of work and it's got the potential to be really uh a really brilliant story told pretty uniquely um uh so yeah that was that was good i wasn't you know that was that was a real unexpected outcome from an offhand kind of conversation and then here we are developing stuff uh similar uh, similarly the final draft stuff has moved on a pace and there's been a lovely blog post come out about that work uh and i have we're now looking at meetings for how that's going to launch and what that's going to look like and um uh with the, you know the people that i got in touch with in the lead up to going away um and i've got a meeting with um a couple of other folks but the, i've got a meeting with the person i met with from the oscars we're, re- we're connecting again on 
um, Wednesday, I believe, uh, for a chat about some partnership working. Um, uh, so yeah, lots of th- those ongoing conversations that started by you know going over visiting with people and making those connections. They're, they're now kind of yeah, some momentum is starting to build, which is really nice, and sort of trying to um, uh, shape it in the right way, but also just knowing that i just i've just got the confidence to have those conversations now you know i've met people yeah shared we've got shared aims and shared focus and uh and i just feel really confident about having those conversations in the right way now which feels great you know i have the bursary to thank for that for sure yes yeah, good pretty positive. how exciting <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's good um i mean you know you have to you have to uh we'll see where these things go sometimes they yeah 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 good, sometimes don't but the, but certainly the the general kind of atmosphere around all of that stuff is really positive and it's and it's definitely uh creating other conversations off the back of taking our work out to to the us and um and as we we've just started um our third feature and that's and the the atmosphere in the room you know what, what how, how it's kind of um we've got what am i trying to say taking our our previous film into that world and now immediately after that starting on our next film is really encouraging and Mm. uh, of of people taking part you know it's it just uh it's hard to put into words really but the atmosphere has changed uh which is really nice good good cool well um, we hope people enjoy this conversation with yeah. Karen. Um, tell your friends, share the podcast, do all of that stuff. <laughs> and I guess we'll speak again soon, Luke. Yeah, chat soon. Thanks, right. Steve. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Bye. Hello, welcome to episode six of Following the Leaders uh, with myself, Lou, and the lovely Steve from Tape. And we're really pleased to be joined by uh, Karen from Circus Eruption today. And Sir Karen was a recipient, and she's going to have to tell me the year uh, of the bursary. Um, 2019. At, when was it? 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. Oh, that's this. So this is going to be an interesting one then. A pre a pre pandemic oh, bursary. Yes. <laughs> um so there's probably going to be lots to talk about um so why don't we just jump in and you can do a quick uh who are you and and a little bit about your organization yeah no problem so i'm from circus eruption i started when circus eruption is an inclusion charity based in swansea um the clue is in the name really we use circus skills to bring young people facing all kinds of challenges together um so initially 30 years ago it was started just over 30 years ago now I've been saying that for a few years um to bring together young people with and without disability so out of a recognition it was created out of a recognition that there was segregation in the sort of senior school kind of comp age um for young people with disabilities so it was to set up something where you never have to think or oh, is this going to be like you know suitable or adaptable or whatever um the original founders were looking for something where you just never have have to ask the question you can just you just yes it's it's a good place for them to come and the whole thing of um integration and participation it's about mixing everyone up and about everyone having a voice and um being able to sort of shape the 
the services as well. So as, apart from being an integrated thing, it's also quite focused on participation, young people's voice um, and all of that. So it's quite an empowering culture. But it's also, this is what's been going on for 30 years, up to 50 young people in a room facing various challenges um, and loads and loads of volunteers to make that happen because you can't have any group of 50 young people in a room without loads of volunteers to make it happen. Um, all doing circus so that it's as amazing as it sounds really um, and young people, volunteers, staff, um, trustees, everyone kind of gets quite passionate about the difference you see it making in the lives of young people as well. So that's the kind of the foundations and that's still what we do um, but around that then we have changed quite a lot over the 30 years so um, about 15 years ago, someone had the bright idea that to be more sustainable, we should offer circus workshops to external groups and organisations. So our core work is always free at the point of use, but then we charge for those to help us keep going, um, which was a very wise decision. That was um, well before my time. And I came in at the end of 2015 when the organisation had been just working out of one school hall for 24 years. And at the point, that point at the end of 2015, we'd been in a charity let, um, which is basically a former retail space, which a charity can use free for one year. So there was like a bit of exploration into what that means for the organisation then to be to have the office and the kit all co-located in the space that we use. So there was a little bit more energy, a little few more things going on. Um, Family Circus had begun as volunteer run until very recently, actually, um, just a couple of Sunday afternoons a month for young people aged five to 13 and their adults, same principles. Um, and then also a sort of Sunday morning volunteer skill share. So volunteers just wanted to come and play in the space because they were a, a lot of them. Um, circus skills aren't a prerequisite to be in a volunteer with circus eruption, but it, a lot of people naturally sort of gravitate who do have those skills or want to develop those skills or develop a wish to develop those skills so they kind of got together and had fun on a Sunday morning and more recently we've developed Genius Circus which is 7 to 11s um, so now young people can be with us from the age of 7 until the age of 18, 19 if they want to be and so that's extended the the lifespan quite a lot and we've also got additional dedicated projects recognizing the sense of belonging outcomes um dedicated projects for young people with um care experience and on the edge of care and also refugee and asylum seeker backgrounds and we also happen to have a disproportionate number of young carers among us as well so eruption it's not like the whole thing has always been quite person-centered quite co-productive and all of that stuff so sometimes you know you hear people talking about um I'm really thrilled that there's much more around now about um what we're now calling co-production it's amazing and it's the way that circus eruption has kind of always worked so that's I don't know if that's uh, I mean it's the kind of thing that makes me then go why don't I live in Swansea this is a bit well weird. I mean I think I have a thing I'd be there Swansea, really. <laughs> but you know oh I haven't even mentioned our building <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so I will just talk a little bit about our building because it's got quite a lot of relevance, actually, to the whole leadership bursary thing. But I feel like I'm going on. No, um, no, please do. No. <laughs> so basically, when I came in at the end of 2015, we were just receiving notice on the charity let that we'd been in for a year. Or at that point, I would have said they'd been in for a year because I was quite new. 
Um, so we went straight into another one. It was pretty much my first job to get us in uh, and where we were for two years. And because of the way that that particular charity let worked, we knew we'd be there for two years. And it was amazing. It was a former PC world, was on a, oh. um, an industrial estate up the top of um Samlet. And so it wasn't like the perfect location because it wasn't exactly It's better for people sort of in Morriston Birch Grove, maybe. But but in terms of we wanted to be more central, to be more generally accessible to, to lots of people. So but the building was incredible. There was an office that just looked out with glazing onto the main space. And, you know, there was tons of storage, a cracking little kitchen, a, you know, good. It was the facilities were just the best. It was a bit echoey but it was really good and then um, the heating worked and everything which was amazing we couldn't often switch it on because it was really expensive but you know it did work so that was um that was amazing and at the end of that looking for another charity let we couldn't find one so we rented um a church that was in use I mean you just need a big room with a high ceiling right to run circus you don't need much else um the way that we do it so it was basically we hired a church and the vicar was was fantastic and the church warden, one of the church wardens, and, and a number of the congregation were really pleased that we were there. But we knew that there were people um, in that context who were a bit less pleased about their space, uh, you know, their sacred space really being used for, for purposes which weren't um, what they felt were completely appropriate. So <clears throat> I think we were always a little bit aware we were in someone else's space, although the welcome was substantial for most people. And it was difficult as well because the um, staff and volunteers had to move the pews mm. back and forth every week. And it was just, yeah. like, and it was, um, you know, you, you have to pay for those spaces and it was expensive. So that's that's another thing. Plus, you couldn't use it all the time that we would want to be using it. So it was um, it was quite a difficult year. Um, but eventually, oh, I mean, it's a long story short, really, but we bought a building. <laughs> At the in the beginning at well spring 2019 um which is a former church which needed a lot of work to make it accessible um we got our planning permission through in february 2020 so that was fun so then i could start looking for funding to actually do the builds to bring it back into use and then there was a plague so there we go <laughs> what what a history and a journey up to up to that point and so then at that point when you're getting your building uh, there's so many questions that have come in from <laughs> thank you for sharing all of that how did uh the bursary tie into all of that yeah i mean th this has been the whole connection with um social investment company really and wcva has been quite a significant part and it's broader than just the bursary as well I would say definitely um so late 2018 when literally the moment when we were sort of really looking for somewhere else and we were thinking we were starting to look at this oh well about a year after we decided looking somewhere else but we were finally able to buy we'd had um, an offer of a, a loan from a supporter which was incredible you know really unprecedented and amazing um which made it all possible um I went to a social business wells actually as it was compass now um thing in the ymca in swansea that was about risk and resilience and it was really interesting because we were thinking as a tiny inclusion charity really when i joined in 2015 we were about 50 grand turnover and by the time it got to the end of 2018 we were about 80,000. but it wasn't we weren't like massive you know we we're quite quite modest and we were thinking about buying this old church and you're kind of thinking oh gosh this is are the trustees just going to be our trustees are 
were excellent and you know we had this opportunity but it was like oh my gosh this is a big thing for us to actually think about borrowing money like we've been hand to mouth for the you know best part of 30 years like what are we doing so going to that was really good and alan jones was speaking about the social investment fund and so i was able to say to him well look if we we're going to get this informal loan but if, what if we suddenly have to pay it back you know these people are our friends are lending us sort of life savings and it's a big deal and and he was like yeah well that's definitely the sort of thing we could and actually almost knowing that you had that safety net underneath just yeah. made me look at that quite differently because in my head you just think about funders and being funded you don't think about other ways of being and and of course now in hindsight I understand that as being part of the the kind of whole activity of of Walter Dickey really and and his um kind of the new way of doing lending and lending being part of this part of the story really almost was one of the things that kind of underpinned our decision to buy and obviously you do a hell of a lot of due diligence um when you're borrowing someone's savings probably more than you would for any bank or even social investment company sorry guys um but I think, um, you know, we really did have to do a lot of due diligence on this building. All the lights went green. We bought it. And so in that, in the context of that, then my experience and my sort of journey of taking the organisation to that place and through that place meant that by the time the Walter Dickey leadership bursary came up and I saw it, so I hadn't seen it in previous years anyway, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is just the time for us we are changing so much as an organization we've got a massive second space we don't quite know whether we'll ever bring it into use it's a bit more dilapidated than the main church what's going to happen there do we you know do we take it forward what do we take forward in it and we were thinking about various options and so on the back of that we were thinking about food um options doing food in the way that we do circus so free at the point of use but also creating a social business that generates some income around it so to explore that sort of thing and also look into what other um there was one other specifically inclusive circus like as in a circus that's been created for the purposes of inclusion only rather than a circus school with, with, which are often quite inclusive anyway or run inclusive projects um or a performing space that runs inclusive projects we there's one there was one called modo um, so in my, I was looking back at my application in preparation for this. And I said, I'm going to go and see Change Kitchen in Birmingham because they're like a social food enterprise. And, um, you know, and Modo in Peterhead. But so that, you know, listening to the to the things and thinking about the bursary. I was listening to Isla talking about going to Montreal. Amazing. You know, obviously it's a good circus connection there too. Um, and... Um, you know, with Steve going to Copenhagen and everything, yourself going to LA and I was, I went to Birmingham in January 2020 um, to meet um, Birgit Kara from Change Kitchen, which was a fantastic day, really, really excellent. And actually, I came away with more caution and caveats in some ways. I mean, obviously, it, she's done an incredible job and made all this stuff possible. But it was almost like, oh, you know, we probably need to go further back to the drawing board than, than I thought originally. And um, it was amazing, I think, just to be able to 
I don't know, moving on to sort of the, what the bursary gave me, I think was that permission to step back and um, mm-hmm. sort of reflect, it's almost like strategizing about the way that you're leading the organization in a way, you know, so if you think about the sort of strategy and everything, it's everything, and especially third sector, I think we're so organization focused and that's totally right. You know, you see the changes that your organization makes, you know, the difference it, it makes in people's lives, actually. It's quite a big thing, isn't it? And you get very passionate and very vocational about it. But I think that um, the ability to sort of step back and think, right, my place in that and my specific contribution and how that impacts the organisation, to, to give yourself some permission to actually step back and literally have the time to think about what you're going to do and how your own development and... Um, and knowledge I suppose and experiences can support the shaping of your organization it's really it's much more significant than you think Mm, think mm. you know and I suppose that's kind of what it was set up to do isn't it you know I feel like that's um definitely something that's had an impact so I think there's definitely a a mindset that comes with it that you it's not just about the money the funding there is a bit of a mindset that makes you do that thinking as well as or allow yourself to do the thinking I think that's that's what it's about definitely um definitely. so I suppose yours is quite significant because of the uh, the dreaded uh, plague um and the timing of yours so did it did it have any impact or did you you know because you if you had got it in 20 2019 and then did you visit in early 2020 and then obviously stuff happened so did it help or hinder yeah I think um oh it's a what what a great question I think it so I I literally picked it up in November 2019 went to the um WCBA yearly sort of AGM which everything was in person in those days like imagine that um so I went up to Llandudno and uh, collected it. And that was that was amazing because I, I hadn't really... Um, I met um, Walter Dickey's, the late Walter Dickey's wife and daughter there and chatted to them a little bit about, you know, him and the focus of the fund and also Phil Fianda, who you um, ran the, the, that fantastic podcast with. Um, and very similar stuff, really. So Phil was was talking to me quite a lot, and indeed, um, or Sticky's wife and daughter. And and it, it, obviously, his loss was quite recent, still effectively for everyone at the end of 2019. And you know, you really felt this. I really felt this kind of like, oh gosh, I better do. You know, you you feel like that a bit of inspiration and a bit of motivation as well from that. Um, and then so I got right on it. Went to see. Um, Burgett and Change Kitchen in the January and then um, we're sort of plan, you know starting to make plans to go and see other projects um, was looking at um, um, a circus project in Europe actually but then of course oh and I'd also booked on to, to go and see there's a, a project in Barking and Dagenham called Everyone Every Day um, which is basically you know big community investments or seven million pounds over five years and I felt like this is obscenely expensive like why 
why why what what is it that they're doing and you could actually pay like a hundred pounds and go and visit and have like the tour and all of this stuff so I did that but that was booked for like I don't know something like the 24th of March so obviously that didn't happen um so you know I never would have booked up to go and see that obviously I didn't end up going to see it and they didn't ever restart their tours afterwards and now that project is just finishing so it's quite do you want to sort of look at the outcomes and and progress of that in some way still but from afar and also the other thing that happened was I was going to visit um I was thinking about visiting Modo in Peterhead um which is as I say the other um circus project that was set up for youth inclusion um and that closed fairly early in the pandemic um through reduced funding I think they were maybe local authority funded which we never have been but then that then that kind of stopped Mm. um and so they had to cease operations so it was a bit like oh and the other thing was that for me personally at the start of the pandemic my gosh you know because we built up this trading as part of our sustainability and summer is our we get a disproportionate um amount of that over the summer we run circus workshops like so that's what we do and because we run them inclusively people who want to work with um you know who work with people who are vulnerable in some way often want to book us because they know that we work with everyone really well um you know the start the staff team who run the workshops are amazing so um yeah summer is disproportionately busy and so obviously this happening in march was like suddenly half our trading income which has become a fairly a fair whack of our yearly income suddenly it's just it's gone hasn't it and you're just like oh my gosh this is a this is a nightmare and and, you know immediately you don't know what's coming you don't know about the funds that are coming and all this stuff so it was um my husband was still having to go into work because the nature of his job and so I was at home with a six-year-old um be feeling like I was being a really rubbish parent and a really rubbish employee and leader so it was really difficult um actually trying to keep everything together you know there were people going oh I've got so much time I'm doing embroidery I'm doing this I'm doing that and I was like oh, I've got no time and I can't do anything and I'm being a rubbish parent you know it was it was um it was not an easy by the second lockdown I'd cracked it and it was all so cool but I think I knew we were going to be all right by then you know you're sort of thinking yeah you're feeling very responsible and I think also the way that furlough was done initially was really unhelpful for us because most people were partly funded this is the other thing about right yeah it's a strength that most people's jobs were partly funding and partly trading how we how we operate um for most of our staff the ones that deliver circus workshops so suddenly it was like well I can't go on furlough because I really need to be getting us through this and getting us into the building still you know that was a thing um and then all of a sudden also loads of the capital grants just were ceased some of them still have not reopened as well it's just it was so like I was like I've got to find 200 grand and my whole strategy for that was to do 20 to sort of 30 grand little grant things to adding up to 10 of them to get us in that wouldn't it didn't feel like a big job and suddenly you know about a third of them even including ones that I'd already applied to they were like oh actually we're not going to do that we're just going to divert our funds it's like right Mm. really (laughs) thanks but then you know out of all of that we eventually we did get into the building and all of that so I think the thinking about the leadership bursary and what I was doing with that with that money was not very high on my agenda but over the course of that year then as things started to settle down and come back I think I had um 
more one of the things that happened and obviously I couldn't go anywhere or you couldn't plan to go anywhere either could you Do you know that was the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. there were times when you could have gone somewhere but you couldn't really plan it people weren't really it's almost hard to remember now isn't it but you almost couldn't like plan to go places really so that was very complicated um and so suddenly that bit of it was kind of knocked out really in reality but at that risk and resilience meeting at the end of 2018 um, someone had talked about the pilot light program and I thought oh, that sounds quite good and so we did that and I and I which was fantastic for our organization it's a nine-month program where you are matched with um, a pilot light facilitator so someone who works for the pilot light charity um, and for business people from the business world not to say that private sector has the answer to everything but just that they support you by listening to you for a few months it's quite a stru- good well-structured program you may know it you look like you're nodding and you might know about it right? no this is we're involved with a similar thing um uh, with the cranfield okay. trust yeah um but yeah, yeah no it's, it's hugely helpful yeah i think with pilot light it's a it, it's more of a um you're matched with four people because we've done stuff with cranfield as well uh-huh. which has been amazing also um but with Pilot Light, it's a nine-month program. You're matched with four people. You meet once a month for a morning, and they give their time as well. And their companies or they invest their money as well in Pilot Light, so they give quite significantly, um, or their organisations do. And so then you work together to work out what you want out of your Pilot Light program. And we came up with a strategy. So although there's been quite a lot of strategic thinking in Circus Eruption, we've never developed an actual strategy before. So then by the end of this process. We had one. We also did quite a lot of work on governance. So increasing the our trustees had were all very um, committed to eruption, but not necessarily skilled in charity governance, particularly. So it, everything happened. I mean, we were completely compliant, but that breadth of skills wasn't there. And so we doubled mm. our board and brought in some new skills and perspectives really including charity governance so that's been amazing but I think the to get to the point (laughs) is that um the time that you have to take out to do the pilot light program I think in my mind it was like well actually do you know what the bursary is underwriting this the bursary is underwriting Mm -hmm. my time in a way and I think that um that I just it meant that we just didn't have to think about it we could say right that that portion of my time is being covered by the bursary so in a way it wasn't the sort of particular I'm going to spend this money going here and doing that because it couldn't do that anyway but it was the permission to actually go on that journey with pilot light and actually commit the time to that which was quite which is quite difficult to do in our sector I think mm-hmm. you know we I also held up the pilot light process to go for the there's a Garfield Western do an award every year where they give 20 charities six and a half thousand pounds as well because the whole thing is the pilot light is free you can just do it as a charity but um you have to have commitment of trustees as well which is a really good thing but um yeah we went for that we got shortlisted got down to the final whatever and didn't get it so i was like never mind just slowed it down a little bit (laughs) gutted so yeah some you win don't you (laughs) but it was really good and i do think that giving yeah so the bursary definitely shifted my thinking really into recognizing the value of putting my time into things like that um i was interested what you said um earlier on in the conversation about um 
the doing the visit um, and how it encouraged you to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit with something which was some which for, for my own um, bursary experience was something I was kind of nervous about a little bit that um, that in exploring things in the way that I was planning to that I would have to then think oh we're miles off or and then brick to bring some like some learning back some information back to the team and to the organization and say actually do you know what all of that hard work we're putting into this particular thing and that thinking that we've done we're going to have to take a bit of a step back here and um uh, how how did that uh land with your team and when, when you came back from that visit and were encouraged to think rethink things oh fine do you know i think i tell you what it's something about this the culture of the organization as well because it ju you just made me think of it as you were saying that then there's we have a saying in circus eruption so we don't set the rules for the young people the young people set their own um parameters called make called making it work at the start of the year and stuff but um we do have one specific rule and that is that you're not allowed to say i can't do it but you do say i can't do it yet or you can say i don't want to do it or you can say i can't do it like that and actually do you know that kind of cuts across our whole organization so when you come back and you think oh do you know we might have to rethink this it's it's a maybe that's a we can't do it yet maybe that's we can't do it like that or maybe that's so we don't want to do it like it might not be wise and i wrote a couple of blogs actually following on from the um leadership bursary experience and one of them was about wisdom about stepping back and being able to say do you know we're going to think about whether this is the right thing to do just because you can do something it doesn't mean that it's a good idea um but maybe it is a good idea but maybe it's a good idea in two years time or maybe it's a good idea with the right partner um so also at around the same time we were applying to do um a course with the social enterprise academy through the um Heritage Lottery were funding Social Enterprise Academy to do a thing called Steps to Sustainability because we've got heritage building, we have access to, um, you know, and it's been a, the heritage building journey has been a really important one for us as well. Um, so we had access to this course and it also gave a little bit of funding to sort of test ideas. And so we looked at, that's basically what we were looking at is a, is a more extended version of exploring that whole food journey. And it's been a really, really good experience but again, and actually they paid, um, they also gave a grant as part of that. So that was like the time for that was was embedded elsewhere. But um, it's been absolutely brilliant. And I think that making sure that, you know, if you come back and you go, actually, there's a lot more work we need to do before we actually do that. Also, it's a heritage building. So actually developing the space takes way longer than you think. Mm -hmm. And there was a pandemic and all of that. So you just kind of think, actually, we don't have to be doing that yet. And we might not be doing it like that, but let's explore it and actually take the time and value the time that you take mm, to think about mm. what's next. Um, you know, not not just feel like, oh, this is a terrible delay, but actually it's an evolution of the next steps, which might not be, which might not end up being right for the organisation, but you have to consider it. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's just been a really helpful journey. So it was brilliant. And and um, not a ne it didn't feel negative at all, do you know? And I think that's um, that's partly the culture of the organisation. I've just been looking online at your pictures of the building. <laughs> it looks amazing, you know. I mean, it, yeah. If you want a high ceiling, find a church, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
absolutely and interestingly personally i've got quite engaged with um who knew i've got quite engaged with heritage buildings as well it turns out it's ex an extremely environmental environmentally sound thing to do to buy them um you know there's stuff around embodied carbon and not just around energy use but also we really want to make sure you know, we work with young people as as i i guess you do as well and um you know we really need to think about what we're doing actually and knocking down the old buildings and building new ones is yeah, not a very good idea yeah. um chucking loads of concrete and stealing is not a very good idea you know we just need to make sure that we do everything so we still don't have heating in our building we've i mean fingers crossed for an spf outcome this week um but we did a lot of homework to find out the most sustainable way to you know most environmentally sustainable way to heat that large space so hopefully we will get funding for air to air source heat pumps who knows if not it's another tricky winter oh i really hope that you get that funding yeah i, <laughs> I really hope that you do our building is an old church building uh, with oh, the yeah. annex of the church yeah, and yeah. When we got when we did some refurbishment work oh a good few years ago now but previously all the heat would just disappear through the roof it was always yeah crazy. um and yeah just having it a wee bit warmer was just, was just incredible having worked yeah. in there for so long in the freezing cold yeah um, yeah so yeah I, I i really hope hope that for you the, the, <laughs> the building does look amazing amazing floor yeah yeah very cool do yeah. You, um, do you use the space? Uh, it's just slightly slightly off the conversation a little bit. Do, but do you allow other organisations to come in and use the space? Yeah, we do, and that's and that's part. That was always part of the plan as well, to say that actually we want um, to be able to sort of hire it out. But we are quite careful about how we do that, so we don't just say yes to everyone. It has to be something that aligns okay with values. And there are um, use well it doesn't make any difference to us but there are restrictive covenants it used to be a church in wales building so there are certain things that you can't do um in it but generally yeah we do so it's used at the moment for um there's a movement class on a monday night um run by a former sector slave performer actually martin he's lovely and um so he does that and then there's an acro dance class on saturday and a choir community choir use it on a wednesday night it's about 50 people making the space sound oh, beautiful as well yeah. and they're, they're absolutely lovely and um really they feel like it's their home as well they've been in there since the start and uh, so that's that's a really lovely um lovely one as well but yeah certainly that that brings us in a bit of income doesn't it so it's mm, very useful yeah, right. And they've with us through the cold winters as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Singing in their woolly jumpers. Going back to the um, the bursary, obviously we don't know the plans for WCVA, but we are assuming it's going to continue beyond Steve and I. So um, what would you say to people, you know, about the, uh, considering applying, what advice would you give to potential applicants? Um, I think, just be really honest in your application <laughs> just say it how it is and and think about the potential it, you know think about what you want to explore and why you and why the organization you know what is it about this particular time and what would this allow you to do and i think try and think quite freely about that as well um because not to feel like you're you, you the whole point of it is that it's what it's wanting people to be thinking in entrepreneurial ways and to and to go out there and see you know and develop 
themselves and the organization. So I'd say don't try and look for the right answer because the right answer is going to be what's the right thing for you and the organization next. And that is really, really specific to you and your organization and the kind of synergy between the two. So just think that what's next for us and how could we take it forward and then um, be be creative and open in the way that you that you speak about that in your application and go and definitely go for it I think it's also great to have a chat with um Alan or Phil first yeah I just don't want them to be inundated now but I think <laughs> you know having met the humans behind this um is a really wonderful thing they're such good people and I think um it's worth having a having a little natter if you want one that's good advice it really does help doesn't it um and i i, I applied it's the, my third time of applying um and but each time when i was successful each time i'd applied previously the first two times i'd had really good conversations with alan and they all informed the final yeah. you know a, application and um i was always applying for the same thing but it was just not quite getting it right and anyway yeah, yeah. So I, I i would i would second that it's 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 really useful and they are incredibly approachable approachable and knowledgeable and yeah. um, what, have, what have been your sort of takeaways you know now you're a, f a few years on from the bursary what what have the takeaways is there anything that's kind of continues to resonate from your bursary experience yeah I, it's something about embedding that strategic thinking in yourself as well as your organization so to be thinking about your relationship to the organization, how you, this, the sort of effect that you're having on the organization now and what you need to do in future to make that, to make the organization flourish and yourself. So I think there's something about that strategic thinking, which you need to apply to your own relationship with the organization to make you both go forward. I think I just said the same thing twice in different ways, but there we are. <laughs> I think it's something about that, isn't it? And um, and also just that investment feels amazing when you're sort of part of, I absolutely love our organisation. I've often said, um, you know, if I disappeared suddenly, no one would notice for three months and then we'd run out of money. Um, you know, because other people do the, what I call the actual work, <laughs> you know, the circus workshops and, um, all the delivery and all of that stuff but um so I think that um you know when you're sort of feeling like you're in a, a specific position in your organization that nobody else is necessarily doing and it's that leadership that leadership thing it's quite difficult to actually sort of almost take yourself out of that and step back and just think about actually the way that I um lead this organization and I always think like leadership's a team effort anyway everyone's leading really but it's about how you work with other people how you and the organization affect one another and I think um being able to think really strategically and really think think into the future about that and not be afraid to think into the future about that is a really good thing and so I I feel like that's a takeaway for me as well um, it's about embedding strategic thinking and that means really thinking about how you affect the organization and and what that means in the future so definitely i think that's been a good takeaway for me 
Karen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to speak with myself and Lou. We really appreciate you making some time and sharing your Walter Dickey bursary journey with us. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. So it's been amazing to hear all about it. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been nice to to reflect on it in the last couple of days, actually, and then just be able to talk at you for a little while. <laughs> That's been brilliant. I think one thing I forgot to say as well, actually. Um, so the Thrive funding that WCVA brought out a couple of years ago, we got that. And I'm not sure, would I have been thinking so strategically about how we could use that had I not done the Water Sticky Leadership Bursary? I don't know, maybe. Mm. But um, but but then we, as an inclusion organisation, we recognise that we've got perhaps something to offer other organisations. So we are starting to think about, we're training the trainers now or we're starting to think about that and so the the seeds of that we still need to get some more funding to do that more definitely next year as we've got some training lined up it's just going to be paying for it that we need to do but I think um the Thrive funding enabled us to start that thinking about training the staff up more um to deliver more stuff connected with trading and I think um that has been so helpful and I did um, an institute of fundraising diploma as well that I'm almost almost finished with now um so that was really helpful so i really appreciate that the bursary comes in that context of actual active sort of support yeah. organizations, both yeah. the grants and the loans and that's made a real real difference to us and the way that we think about our organization as well i think so. mm. but yeah we will be doing inclusion training in the next year or two so <laughs> I mean, yeah, 30 years ago under your belt. I mean, absolutely. There's a lot that people can take, take from, from all of that experience. It's, it's invaluable. Yeah, definitely. And our founders are trainers as well and, and are still around. So it's about ensuring that we we wring every bit of knowledge and experience from their brains now and make sure it's really well embedded in our organisation. So. Exciting times. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thank, Thank you. So much.